welcome, everybody. Hey, we're back this week. Yay, team. We were on vacation last week. Well, we weren't actually on vacation, but we had a week off because we had a pre-recorded show that we put on, and evidently it was very well received by our audience, which is mostly Facebook people and other people like that. So I'm Eileen Grimes, the astrologer, and I am the host of the show. And also I have right here is my co-host, Mr. Doug Johnston. And it's good to be here, even through all the rain uh, and lightning coming up. Yeah, it was crazy driving up here. Wet, yeah, like I was wet, wet. Yeah, I was thinking after last night, I was watching TV with all the riots and stuff like that. And then this morning, I woke up and I heard the thunder. I went, "God's going to get us for this," you know. <laughs> you know, I, that was my first thought. I said, "Well, what? maybe, maybe they have brain back there too, and it's washing things away." Oh, for them. could be. Yeah, that's a very good point. So, anyway, so today on the show. We have Mr. Michelangelo Nah. He's going to be on here today. He is from New York, and he's an astrologer, but he also does, he also is an opera singer. This sounds a lot like my background, but we're going to be spending the time talking about a particular celebrity. We actually haven't done that before, but we figured that Luciano Pavarotti would be a very good subject to talk about because both of us seem to, you know, gravitate towards singing. So anyway, we're going to be talking about him, and we're also, and he will also be our celebrity of the week as well. So that'll be handy. So we're going to be talking a lot about him, and 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 Michelangelo has written a paper or a, a long article on um, Luciano Pavarotti, and um, it's very good. I'm going to talk to him about that because I'm telling you, I got to ask him if his Mercury's in Virgo. I have to because. Man, it's detailed. We just need to ask him his birthday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to ask him about that. So anyway, um, we're going to be doing all that and our usual things that we usually do. But today we'll pre- primarily be dedicated towards talking about him. Because he, you know, in spite of the fact how gifted he was as a musician, there's other things in his chart and in his life that were kind of in the shadow side. So we're going to be talking about that. I think everybody's got the shadow. It just depends on what it is and how big it is. So I, I shaved this morning, so I don't have oh, a shadow. Geez. <laughs> I did. I swear I did. Yeah, no more shadow for you. No. No. Okay, very nice. Okay, so anyway, we're going to be doing that. And so we're going to have fun today. It's going to be different. And like I said, we are back today, and we're kind of excited. It was kind of nice having a week off, though. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so we're going to take a break right now. When we get back, we're going to be bringing on Michelangelo, and we're going to be doing the Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW. And now it's time for Astral Celebrity of the Week. 
That's a lovely voice. Beautiful voice. Yes, it's wonderful. So anyway, we're going to bring our guest on right now. Michelangelo, how are you? Fine, Eileen. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're doing great here. Uh, I, I asked uh, Nathan to add a little bit of his music this morning just so we could all have a little appreciation of that. So Sure. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about him. We can talk as astrology and we can also talk almost anything else. This is this show is not even long enough to encompass all of him. So but No, he was a very much a larger than life personality in, in every respect. In every respect, that's true. And certainly, you know, his dominance of the well, perhaps co-dominance would be the appropriate term since he and Domingo really sort of Oh yeah. yes. Yes. Uh, back and but forth. Uh, Pavarotti arguably was the you know the greater uh, purely. Vocal. They were always seemed like they were lumped together into the same sentence. Yeah. Well, yeah. they 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 very much as I said, and Carreras, of course, the third tenor. Right. They, exactly. They dominated the recording industry for right quite a long period of time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, and I used to listen to all of those men because I love opera and because yeah. you know I sang some of it at one time. And so, uh, yeah. So let's let's give a give out his information first. Uh, his birth information is October twelfth, nineteen thirty five, at one thirty a.m. at Modena, Italy. That's where he was born. And so, um, I said one thirty. Yeah, one thirty a.m. Excuse me, didn't add that part. So, anyway, um, his chart. Well, he had Leo rising. That helped, but. Um, where would you start if you were if you were sitting down with him right now to give him a reading? Where would you start? Well, obviously, it would depend on the, on the thrust of, of the of the reading. I mean, one of the things that I noticed um, about him is that if we look at the uh, and this is often this is often something I find with people who become hugely successful singers, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Eileen, is that Pavarotti was born with Mercury retrograde. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was. And while, you know, modern astrology doesn't so much dwell upon that as a debility, it is a classic debility. And, yes. Um, so it's surprising to see someone who became so hugely successful. But, but we can we can go down the list. We can talk about, you know, Sir Paul McCartney. We can talk about Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. All those people. Eddie mm-hmm. Izzard. We have people whose voices end up reaching, you know, the farthest corners of the world who are born with Mercury. Wow. Mercury. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't even realize that. And also... Doug was looking up this morning his uh, planets, and his Mercury was stationary. So ah, well, there you go. There you have it. You know, I think so how, that, what was the how far away was it? Was uh, it? A little over a minute or a degree, and how many minutes? I forget how many minutes okay. it was. Yeah, yeah, so it was pretty close then. Okay, he slid so into it. Him. He slid into yeah. it, or yeah. slid out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that would clearly offset some of the debility of the, of the Mercury retrograde. Then. Right, um, yeah. You and I talked a little bit, Eileen, last Yeah, we, we did. about the power of stationary planets. Yeah, it, they're pretty powerful. They really have a tendency to take over the whole chart. Well, the interesting yeah. part is that not only is it retrograde, but it's opposition to his Uranus, which is also retrograde. Yeah. Right, right. And yeah. isn't, doesn't he have the out-of-bounds? Is it out-of-bounds Mercury? Uh, I've been studying that this week. It's been my subject of the week. No, Mars is Mars is out of bounds. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so then we look at the classic debility of Mercury retrograde and also Venus, because mm-hmm. Venus is in its detriment in Virgo. Right. Yeah. 
So it's like you think, oh wow, well this is a very and it's very interesting phenomenon that both of these planets should be, you know, um, not in signs that are optimal for their expression. Right. Exactly. So there's a lot of different ways. I think I did touch upon it in the essay that you know maybe the Mercury retrograde could express itself. The idea that, of course, usually with a planetary retrograde, there's almost always a delay. Right? So yeah. Even though he showed very early promise. Right. Because of, of parental pressures, uh, you know, he was dissuaded from pursuing his career in any significant way until much later. And so right. he really didn't make a huge splash as an international phenomenon until he was, you know, close to 40, which is very unusual. Right. You know, that is un- yes, that's right. Um, and I yeah. kind of was looking at his Mercury and yeah, yeah. and the um, the actual ruler in Scorpio. And Scorpio was on the fourth house cusp, so we know one of the parents was involved with this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, whether it was mom or dad, I don't know. I'd have to hear. Uh, well, I think it was both. But the, uh, again, speaking as a as a tenor who had an international career and who obviously, as I, I think I pointed out in my essay, you really had to pick an allegiance back then. You were either a, a Pavarotti fan or you were a Domingo fan. I was right. decidedly in, in the latter camp. I was too. <laughs> yeah. I came <laughs> yeah. to have a. a oh. A, yeah. I mean. Sorry. I, I mean, I like men with uh, strength and meat to their voices. You yeah. know, uh, and there wasn't too much of that in his voice, in Pavarotti's voice. No, so, and and uh, I worked with a, a man here in, in New York who had, had whose father had coached some of the greatest pre-war, World War II Italian singers, including Benjamino Gili, who arguably after Caruso would be the next great tenor mm-hmm. before Pavarotti. And he said he felt that everything Pavarotti sang sounded exactly the same. Yeah, um, you know that, and I always felt that with the huge girth of that body, that there should have been more color. And I think he deliberately made a choice to keep the voice lean so that he could negotiate those stratospheric registers, at least early on in his ascendancy. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And, you know, I always kind of remember listening to him earlier, everybody was saying what a fantastic tenor he was, and I listened to it, and I went, well, because you expressed exactly how I felt about his voice. It was kind of like, Okay, well, there's not much there, you yeah. know. I mean, he could hit the he could hit the high stuff, but yeah. that was his claim to fame. But what about the rest of it? That's important too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting um, comment of yours. Oh, and I needed to ask you: Do you have Mercury in Virgo? I do indeed. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Just by the virtue of reading your article. <laughs> I said, this man is so analytical. He can't be Leo. It's got to be Virgo. So, yeah, no, okay. Yeah. Just check Leo, Leo's son, but Mercury. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Where's your moon? Uh, Cap. Capricorn. Oh. Yeah, and that's the other thing I would point out is that we would expect a classic late bloomer like Pavarotti to be, you know, to be somewhat Capricornian, but he really yeah. isn't. You know, no. That's the nodal axis in Cancer Capricorn. So Right, Yeah. So I think we'd really have to attribute that, at least to a certain extent, to Mercury retrograde. Yeah. yeah it seems like it's a, a pretty strong... Well, the stationary, too, is going to pull so much of that. So. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, the stationary that's... is just like a, a laser beam, you yeah. know, in the chart, and it just draws all the attention to it. Yeah. So... Especially with it sitting in the third house. Yeah, yeah. the th- third house, too. Yeah, in the place it usually is. So yeah, in, it's, in its own, and and of course Venus is just you know on uh, just outside the cusp of the second, so desperately wants to be in the second, according to right exactly. certain commentators. I've, I've uh, yeah, and it's next to Neptune too. So, hmm, yeah, yeah. but that's his musicianship. So 
Uh, and his addictions. Uh, yeah, that too. We'll talk about those here in a second. We have to take yeah. a really quick break here. So sure, sure. we're going to pick that up where that we left off when we come back. Okay, so this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Angela Probst, and, and she's an aromatherapist. I hope I get this out. I didn't get any sleep last night. So anyway, sorry, I just had to qualify that. At this point, you probably heard about essential oils. You are confused, are you overwhelmed, are you not sure where to start? There's so much information, and our aromatherapy expert, Angela Probst, with Young Living Essential Oils, can help you navigate and meet your health and wellness goals. Now more than ever, we all need to be focused on boosting our immune system. Angela has all the right tools to help, and she's teaching the weekly classes via Zoom, so you can learn about this stuff. So if you want more information and you want to talk to Angela, just give her a call today at 253-278-1599 or visit her website at www.myyl.com Angela. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, May 31st, it's Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald, educating, entertaining, and uplifting the human animal. Kevin welcomes back Kim Miller, medium and animal intuitive. Kim's very gifted, really accurate, and she and Kevin are great together. So plan to call in on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Eileen Grimes, and I have with me Mr. Doug Johnston, my co-host. And it's good to be here as always. Okay, and then we're going to have Mr. Um, Michelangelo Rob right back on here. Hello again. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hello, right. we're good. Yep. Anyway, so... Um, so where we, we, you know, I think the title of your article, which I would fully recommend to everybody, but if you guys don't have any planets in Virgo, you'll have a hard time reading it. <laughs> Sorry, but... <laughs> from the woman who wrote Titanic Astrology? I, I know, I know, but that's just the moon I have in Virgo. So, but, you know, I actually, I actually got through it okay, but I had to read over sections several times yeah. because you're so meticulously organized and you have so much detail. You know, and that's great, you know, especially yeah. on somebody who maybe didn't have a lot of detail in his life. He just wanted to eat his way through it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so let's talk a little bit about his his food addiction. Yeah, well, again, um, I did I did uh, discuss the idea that because of the, the tensions in the in the family. Uh, yeah unit. And uh, again, this is my own perception on it, but uh, I, I believe there is anecdotal evidence that mm-hmm. idea that I remember seeing he, he singing the famous Pani Sanjelikus duet with his father. Okay. And I thought to myself, oh, there's a lot of um, unconscious uh, resentment there uh-huh. of, of, of him from the dad. And if you, uh, I haven't read Herbert Breslin's book about uh, Pavarotti, but I did, you know, have gleaned some tidbits from it, and he said that uh, his father f- thought, for example, that he was really the great singer of the Pavarotti's. And I would argue that perhaps the voice was a, was a, a better instrument, Natalie. But, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't always translate into success. You know? mm-hmm. 
according to Breslin, supposedly his father uh, suffered from debilitating stage fright, and so he could never he could never have the career that he wanted. You know, okay. uh, but he, you know, as is often so often the case, even in families that aren't artistic, you know, there is this this attempt by the older generation, male generation, to diminish the efforts of the younger. And I think this must certainly have been the case with Pavarotti, the fact that he, right now, he would have felt that pressure. Right. Now, his father was a musician, right? He was a singer as well. Yeah, he was a tenor. He was a tenor. And oh. you can find recordings of him online. And, okay. Uh, and as I said, they they very famously sang that duet. Okay. I think on more than one occasion, you know. Uh, but clearly the father projected his own, you know, yearnings onto the son in a way. That right, would be. yeah. But yeah. by the same token, there's that resentment of the success that he would never accrued for it. Oh, yeah. So um, <clears throat> what did his father tell him about his own voice? What were the, what were the messages he was getting? <clears throat> well, I don't know that I read anything specific, uh, but it's just the idea that, um, I mean, Herbert Breslin would say that if you spoke to Fernando, his father, he would say, I'm the great I'm the great tenor in the Pavarotti family. My son is, you know, mm-hmm. a secondary talent. Okay, and, and he and... persisted in this belief, you know, okay. till the end of his life. Right. So that had to have uh, impacted. Right. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, I suspect there may be a little bit of narcissism in there, perhaps. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, you know, with Pavarotti's Leo rising, that could be very possible. You yeah. know, and, and the thing, the person he had to live up to was his father and try to outdistance him. So. And he was probably happy when he died. <laughs> yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't speak to that definitely, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, um, because the other thing that's interesting about him, in addition to the, the debilities of Mercury and uh, right. Venus, is Chiron and Gemini. So here's another Mercurian debility, and of course that, that, that Chiron trines the sun, so even though, you know, some people might argue that that's a, you know, that's a beneficial yeah. aspect. Yeah, so there's obviously some healing needing to take place with his Venus, yeah. you yeah. know, and that's his artistic ability. And, of course, with Neptune, it really is the artistic ability. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, really Yeah, but, fun. I mean, I think the son Chiron tells us that to a certain extent that he would have been in sympathy with his father's plight. Okay, and, right. And, 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 I, and that's the thing about Chiron is this sort right. of double-edged sword of both the yeah, you know the perception of the wounding, but also then the wounding that one receives in a reciprocal way that the father's resentment, you know, would then have communicated it. Right, and you know, thinking that perhaps if the fourth house was was his father, which I have a feeling it may have been with a the Jupiter there, yeah, man was a little bit larger than life. Yeah. Um, then you know that's something that he probably really put himself at as a distant second to his father. Yeah. You know, and, and I think you can see it. You know, I remember uh, the, the, as I think I said, the oversized security blanket of a handkerchief. Right. That he, simply, he simply had to have, and you always had the impression, or at least I did, right, that he, you know, he would negotiate something truly, you know, fiendishly difficult for for many tenors like Nestor right. Do it with consummate ease, but you never really felt, at least I didn't, that he was supremely confident in the task. Now that's right. The, Again, that's a peculiar sort of oxymoronic thing, I think, with performers, is, is that the more accomplished you are, the more you realize right. you know, that you may, you're, you're, you're only as good as your last bad performance. Right, you know? exactly. But, you, but, you know, he would he would negotiate it, and then he would, you know, throw his arms up with that ridiculous handkerchief, and he would smile. And it would yeah, like, that was pretty weird. I yeah. survived it, right? And so I really think, you know, and again, just speaking, you know, 
psychologically here, not so much from an astrological perspective, but obviously what we've touched on already, these, these stabilities. I really think that in many ways that was very telling. And so one mm. of the ways you want to, you know, if you can't get love from your parents, yeah. then how are you going to do it? You yep. know? So yep. with, with, with those, you know, debilities to Mercury and Venus, which would relate in different ways to, you know, digestion, and, and also the Mars, right, the out-of-bounds Mars, right? So there's appetite, you know. Um, yes. Uh, and in Saggy, you know, the good time. The yeah, good just time add, time. just quadruple the amount. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. The out planet. I've been studying that this week. To me, um, I was reading about it, and I try. I try to find something if I'm learning about something, a a statement or something that summarizes the entire thing. And it's yeah. really like a Mars that's really like out of our out of our orbit, completely yeah. not there, and it's and it's not connected to the rest of the person. So it has a tendency to uh, kind of go half-cocked, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's interesting because um, uh, those are so, just these little things that we're talking about are probably huge things. They were huge things for him. Huge. Yeah. And And it's really, I mean, if if we leave Chiron out for a minute, although it's, it opposes the Mars, so again, that also tells us that uh, that appetite was really right. an unhealthy one. Right? right. But, I mean, if we leave Chiron out for a minute, then it really it's the focal point of a T-square with the Venus-Neptune. And right. Even though the orb of Saturn is a little wide, I would still argue that, you know, we've got something of that nature going on. So right. a lot of stress on that Mars. I would see that, first of all, as, as the, the original yearnings for him to want it to be, you know, an athlete. You're right. Though, yes, which he was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He wanted to be a, a football goalie, you know. Right. And, uh, but that, you know, that um, that yearning for that and the, and the frustration thereof, even though Mars isn't in sort of what we would call a classic vocational zone for, right. for athletes, you know, being there on the, you know, on the cusp of an intermediate house. You know. You, you know, it's kind of interesting because I had a thought while I was reading your article and yeah. I was writing it all, reading it on wall one day because I'm trying to absorb it. But the, th- the thought that came to me with Scorpio in the fourth house yeah. was the man never knew that he could ever get full. Yeah, I think that's He'd never true. become full. He couldn't feel satisfied. Right. You know, and, you know, there is a lot of anecdotal evidence to support that, the fact that he grew up in in Italy, at, you know, in the aftermath of World War II when people right. were you know, in general privation. His his bespoke butler from this very Tony Edinburgh school said that he always had to have food around, not that he wanted to eat it, but that he just got anxious when there was no food available. Right. right. So this clearly, you know, was a huge Yeah. His survival wound in his in his soul. Huge, huge huge. You know, when it's missing, it's like it'll never be there again. I mean it's anything that's plutonic. You know, if you have it if you're missing it for five minutes, you think it's never coming back. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and so if it doesn't come back within six minutes, he's really going to freak out. He's been abandoned by food, you yeah, know. The, the other thing that I gleaned from Ron Howard's, what I said, essentially hagiographic film, was that he was the only male child that was born for a, a six-year period in this in this huge sort of community household that he was growing up in Italy. Mm-hmm. So he got coddled to a way that, again, most of us could only dream of, you know. Right. So when you're every need is satisfied then you become accustomed to right 
to expecting that kind of thing. So he would not only demand it, you know, of, of people that were in his orbit, but he would also demand it in terms of what he could stuff himself with. Uh, yeah, and and he could never get full. No, he could never get full. And, you know, and there's other things, you know, uh, the the moon in Aries, you know, um, is is uh, you know uh, again widely square Pluto, but Pluto again. Where's Pluto? Pluto's in Cancer. Now, obviously, this is a generational signature. Right, yeah. But when we couple it with the moon, we get sort of, again, the same thing you said, this great maw of an appetite that can yeah. never, never be satisfied. It never can be satisfied, yeah. yeah. I mean, reading a story about he went to this restaurant somewhere, and he said, oh, you know, I have I have so many appetizers, you know, and he says, oh, do you know I can eat them all, you know, and he <laughs> 25 Whoa. times what a 25 of them, would, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, there's a real problem there. And as I said, I think it really does stem from the from the lack of love. Right? Yeah. He, he had to have it, and of course, not only did he, did he want it through food, he also wanted it through sex. Yeah. As, as yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was just, um, you know, it's interesting when we always view our our people <laughs> that we admire through rose colored glasses, usually. Yeah. And then when we happen to get their birth chart, we find out otherwise. You yeah. know. Like what's really happening with them when the doors are closed and he's behind closed doors by himself? What's he? Who's he with? You know, and that is just it is his life has been was really tough. And also, um, you also did some work on um, the the business of his, the way he died, which is pancreatic cancer. Yeah, yeah. And there was a whole lot of signatures in his chart that sort of added up to yeah. the fact that he that's what he got. So, yeah. you know, what I'm going to do, we're going to take another break right now. I'd like to talk about that after the break because sure. it'd be very interesting to hear about that. So, anyway. Sure. All right. So, we'll be right back. This is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is a live read for Mr. Matt Shea and Matt Shea Books. Matt writes books that centers around the common person in everyday life, people like you and me. His writings emphasize that each and every one of us was blessed with a unique, one-of-a-kind hand that will eventually be called upon to serve the world we live in. Matt will write stories and conduct radio interviews for the rest of his life as a way to encourage and inspire others. One of Matt's great books is the trilogy, Groundskeeper and Other Short Stories, which has been receiving a lot of attention lately and can be found on Amazon and his website. Feel free to look at Matt's website where all of his books are available. Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all of your questions. You can also write to him at his personal email address at workinmatt7, W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7 at AOL.com. You can call him at 206-915-1881. And now he's got a brand new website out. Just came out this week. The uh, address just is a little different. It's www.mattsheabooks.net. On Friday, Vance and Mitchell welcome Nicole Strickland to talk about the latest trends in ghost research and some of her case studies. On Saturday, Christopher Hill, who chronicled the hippie movement in his book, Into the Mystic, 
compares the 1960s to today's protests. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And I am Eileen Grimes and I am with Mr. Doug Johnston. I'm here. <laughs> it gets shorter every time we say yeah, that. Yeah, you know how it is. We've got to keep the show moving. Yep. <laughs> Bring that Michael back on. Okay. And Michelangelo Na is on with me. He is from New York City and he's done quite a bit of work on Mr. Luciano Pavarotti. And welcome back, Michael. Thank you, Eileen. You're welcome. And You're staying off the streets now, right? Yes. Me? No way. Sorry. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-uh. Where do you live back in New York? Oh, we're on the Upper East Side. Oh, not okay. Far, where was Bloomingdale's, where... if you know where Bloomingdale's is. Okay. Where were all the riots? Or oh. oh, I thought it was Minneapolis. I, did, I didn't read it. Oh, there, there was stuff going on in your city and in Seattle and just about a, a whole lot of cities. Okay. Well, I anything uh, George paid pretty, for all of this pretty preoccupied with teaching so uh, but, oh uh, oh yeah right yeah. I well, mean the Upper East Side you know is, is fairly uh, yeah that's generally rather very, cool you don't yeah. you don't partake in things like that yeah well no I mean I, I don't think it would happen here probably no okay well that's good yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway um, so we were gonna that's a nice area yeah, is yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah okay I've never been there so I wouldn't know well, I, when I was out there, I, the Colony Club, I ended up meeting all those women, so I was reading from one to the other, and I was over on that side quite a bit. Mm-hmm. All of those club? women? Colony Club's down there somewhere around 5th, I think it is. Uh-huh. Okay, yep. It's the wealthiest women in the world members. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, he always hangs out with the people that kn- now, are in the know. One that I read for who I didn't know who it was yeah. was Pia Lindstrom. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't have a clue who she was. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was quite funny in that respect because I started reading for her and she goes, well, didn't you Google me before you came? I said, no, I didn't come tell you who you are. I came to tell you what's going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> that's that's, that's what a lot of people expect, of course. Yeah, they do. They want, yeah. uh, you know, down and dirty, you know, yeah. stuff. They want the real thing. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so we were going to talk, what were we going to talk about? You wanted to talk about the pancreatic the, cancer. Yes, you were talking yeah. a lot about how you came to the the determination that his what he got was not what he deserved, but, you know, what would have probably been expected. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at people's charts from a medical perspective and you know, I, while I would say my interest in astrology is fairly Catholic, I mean, my focus is medical. And um, so, you know, you can definitely glean, you know, certain um, functional disharmonies that, that you know, given mm-hmm. the right circumstances, can translate themselves into, into right. illness. You know, right. Now, whether one, if I sat down with him, you know, when he was in his, you know, 30s and said, well, you know, this is what I see, you need to be careful of it. Right. That's another thing entirely. I mean, I think, unfortunately, a lot of the work that one does, you know, in delineations is, you know, after the fact. And so it's right. easy for us to say, oh, well, look, I can see this. But, I mean, whether or not we can, you know, claim any sort of, you know, uh, predictive veracity, you know, nevertheless, mm-hmm. 
the signatures are there. They don't necessarily have to translate themselves into Malays, but right. they, they often do, and particularly when you're dealing with people who are largely unconscious. You know? Yes. Even Jung talked about the fact that if you cannot uh, claim it in a, you know, in a, in a way that is life-enhancing, you know, through right. through inner work, then you're bound to manifest it outwardly. Yes, your, yeah, the darker side of it. Yeah, yeah in the circumstances of your yeah. life. And here's a perfect example of a horribly wounded little boy who, yeah. you know, by virtue of a talent, which was, you know, not inconsiderable, uh, but driven, obviously, by, by driven, great ambition, yeah. you know, arises to the, you know, the pinnacle of fame. And, you know, some people would say, Certainly the greatest tenor since Caruso. I would perhaps dispute that, but in terms of global reach, Caruso could have only dreamed of what right. Brodie was able to accomplish right. because the technological capacity was oh, there. Oh, he's got nothing on Domingo. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Domingo also tremendously ambitious. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, I, I used to do a lot of work with Tarot, and I still work with Tarot, and, you know, Pavarotti's life path of four makes him emperor, and I've run into very few emperors mm-hmm. who aren't tremendously ambitious and who don't have a definite um, desire to make sure that their their dreams are made manifest. You know, they are okay. not who, who suffer I believe, frustration very I, I, I believe that I am a four. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm of course, sure. there is a higher vibration of four. Yeah, 22, yeah. 22, you know. But, yeah, um, it's, but that's particularly my... people, as I said, that are as ego-driven as someone right. Yeah, that they think they're the be-all and end-all. Okay. So, so anyway, just to look at some of these signatures, I'm, I'm, I'm making reference to the essay now. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, you may have noticed is that, and this has a lot to do with my involvement in, in 2003 with a, a community of, of sound healers who work okay. with a, a planetary healing system that's based also in the meridians and, and the, you know, the theory and practice of Chinese medicine. So I mm-hmm. talk a little bit about about how those dynamics played out in Pavarotti's chart. But just to sort of recap some of what I, I wrote here, the moon in Aries. Okay, if we look at it just from a, a purely elemental perspective, that's not an area of the zodiac where the moon is particularly comfortable. So mm-hmm. again, that's a classic That's a classic debility. You know, the, the, the moon is, um, you know, uh, peregrine. And, uh-huh. uh, and, you know, if we think about Aries being a fire sign, fire and digestion, even though, you know, from a Chinese medicine perspective, digestion has a fiery component. Too much fire is is a is a bad thing for digestion, and obviously, also that could translate itself into the kind of overweening appetite that he has. Okay. You know. um, Mars is, of course, the the dispositor of that moon, and mm-hmm. five element symbolism. Once again, Mars relates to the fire element. So, here we have a, a the moon through its rulership of Cancer, which relates to the stomach. You know. Yeah. Uh, is is being adversely impacted by Mars, the you know the lesser malefic, you know, and of course right. Mars. And it's out of bounds too. Yeah, and that out of bounds Mars again, you know. Uh, okay. Really, you so know. that just adds layer upon layer of complication. Yeah, what it does. Yeah. And, and then we can look. We're still looking at the Moon, and once again, just to reiterate, the Moon through its governance of Cancer does relate to the stomach. Mm-hmm. The Moon is in aspect to Pluto, which is also in Cancer. So this right. is sort of what I would call a double Moon Pluto. Yeah, um, sort of the confirmation of that theory, too, yeah, you know. Yeah. If you're looking for it one place, you find it one place. Well, that's good, but I'm not sure if I had one more place that we could look for it, and you did find it, so. Yeah, and yeah. then the, well, I usually go by at least the rule of three. And so then the moon, of course, is also related to the pancreas, right? The right. Through cancer, but also in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. 
moon is in the ninth house, which as I established earlier in, in the essay, uh, through a, a correspondence between the 12 regular branches of Chinese medicine mm-hmm. and the 12 houses, which were put forth by Reinhold Ebertine mm-hmm. in the combination of stellar influences. Um, so moon in the ninth, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a pancreatic signature. Moon in Aries, uh, a disharmony with the moon, which relates to the pancreas. Moon square Pluto, a double moon Pluto signature. So all of these things are, are piling on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Out of bounds, Mars, as, as I note here, has dominion over the ninth house. So once again, it's, its deleterious impact is being uh, expressed through this house that relates to the cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, it relates to the, yeah, to the cancer. You have to um, throw the Mercury. nodes in there, too. The nodes in there? Oh, sorry, what was that? The, the square to the nodes. Square the nodes, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's real in your face almost. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly, obviously, a, a, maybe a karmic or, or faded component. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mercury, of course, the natural ruler of Virgo, as we established before, while it is stationary, it is it is not dignified. So, you know, mm-hmm. and it's uh, hindered by its retrograde. It also squares Pluto. So, you know, all of these things. Neptune, again, in Virgo. And Virgo is, you know, conjunct Venus, which also, you know, relates. So you just have this piling on of signatures. Now, whether, yeah, again, that would necessarily have to um, translate into something like pancreatic cancer. Um, right. But this is how it played out. You know? Yeah, I mean, you add all those things together, and they sort of, like, all add up to those that point. Yeah. You know, it's saying the same thing in other parts of the chart. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes it makes total sense. And if it does, if something does that in a person's chart, that means it's going to be a pretty big theme in their lives. Yeah. So um, particularly if you have some of the weird stuff like a stationary planet or an out-of-bounds planet, that it's pl- they're playing out that stuff too, then it's really going to emphasize it. Yeah. So, and, so. And, the and clearly, you know, the, 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 um, the stationary Mercury, right, you know. Uh, right. Clearly suggests that to us. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, of course... What he did for a living, he's he was communicating to people. You know, that's yeah. how he connected to people through yeah. the music. Yeah. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, what was his education like? I was just kind of wondering about that. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think he had uh, you know sort of your standard university education. He did go and, and you know become a teacher of mathematics. I think, oh, history oh, for a oh, of years. okay. Yeah. He was not, he was not uneducated. And this is the other thing, you know, and I think this has a lot to do with the full moon and maybe you can support me on this, but you know, he just seemed like he was a big baby. And <laughs> another, another person who was very much in the public eye who right. also had the full moon, who was also a big baby, you know? Yeah. So he played the buffoon, uh-huh. right? but he wasn't stupid. And of course, the other thing about him was that he refused to learn to read music. Mm-hmm. Uh, say to you probably, well, I feel that it would interfere with my instinctual response to, uh, right. to you know, the musical lines that right. I'm attempting to master. But there's a certain amount of arrogance to that for someone who really wasn't stupid. You know? Yeah, that could have been an ego thing, obviously, yeah. but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, not... I, mean, I don't think he had a I don't think he had a musical education. I mean, this is one of the peculiarities of, of, of uh, the yeah. opera. And he started know, later on in life with this career, too. So, I mean, there in itself, because Mercury is in Scorpio, it's there is a, a sense of when he's communicating that he won't be heard, number yeah. one, and yeah. what he will say will hurt people because he probably 
it was probably a dead on nails on, you know, type of thing when they said something to somebody and it could potentially hurt them, whatever he has to say to them. Yeah. But, you know, um, so there's a probably a very big sensitivity, was a sensitivity around his communication abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm sure you, 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 you've experienced this. I know I certainly have. Is that yeah. Mercury retrograde kids yeah. aren't hurt. No, they're not. You know, it's like I heard an astonishing example of this. I was uh, having a consultation with a woman recently who had also had Mercury in Virgo, but with Saturn and that's about says the same thing, doesn't it? Yeah, very yeah. close. And uh, she said, "Oh, you know, I would I would come to my mother. Her mother was a you know uh, an invalid of sorts, but she said I would come to my mother and I would say, oh, these girls are bullying me in school, and what should I do? You know, I don't want to get in trouble, but you know, I can.'" And her mother would say, "Go down to the basement and see if the clothes in the dryer are oh, dry." Right? So this is a classic example of Mercury. Yeah. So she never gets to deal with that. Kids aren't heard, and so yeah, it's a it's a fundamental. I mean, it 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 seems so paradoxical to yeah. talk about it in terms of this enormous success, right? To say, yeah. but there's a fundamental wounding to that throat chakra. I that, agree. Yeah, you know, that can only be overcome to a certain extent by the fact that suddenly that voice is heard everywhere. Yes, you know, go and down the list, you know, of these celebrities that have these. Mercury I um um both. Uh, Doug and I have Saturn in the third house, and I have Saturn opposed my Mercury in my chart. And um, I chose to do this, you know, show on the radio because I knew that's a big part of what I got to work on. You know, because every time I come to the station, I'm a little nervous, you know. (laughs) And I've been doing this show for five years, you know. But it's it's, it's really a... um, I don't have that problem. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> My Saturn is stationary. That's right. And he also oh, a double okay. Gemini. He's a double oh, Gemini. Well, yeah. But it oh, is know. trying to my Mercury. Okay. Well, that's good. Oh, see, that's easier. I have the opposition. Yeah, so. I have perfect trying. And it's Saturn yeah. in the third house, too. So it's a double, you know. Oh, so yeah. so there, yeah. there's something there I have to learn. And I kind of kept my mouth shut all the time growing up and yeah. I suddenly realized I think probably heard it from astrologers is you know you're not dumb you have the mind of the elder and I went oh that works so then I went on from there you know and now we cannot keep her quiet that's right I can't ever <laughs> shut up so. <laughs> but, but you know you guys know that's the paradox of Saturn. yeah you yeah know, exactly it, it, it gives you hindrance and delay and then but it, it promises yeah. eventual mastery right? it does and it so. it helps I mean, I know that what it's like is is that no thoughts come out of my mouth until I really, really analyze them and figure it out, you know, and um, except Mercury's in Aries, so it comes out anyway. But, you know, um, it, it's important to me that I have really good in, intention and um, integrity with what I say. So, sure. yep, so there. Aha. Uh-huh. So anyway, oops, we got to take another break here. And okay. when we get back, we're going to finish up with our guest today, Mr. Michelangelo Na. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom from the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is very important and confusing issue as we near our retirement largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means we will need affordable supplemental coverage to take care of that 20%. 
Susan Bergstrom can help get the best coverage for you. With her, the process is really easy, and in the end, she's going to save you some money. So Susan has some new developments with her, her business. First, she has classes available that are suitable through the programs that she represents. The classes are suited for kids and your kids and probably other kids, too. So if you sign up for some of her um, extraneous programs, you'll get credit towards classes. And then also she has a legacy safeguard. It's a new type of document that can be done to itemize and organize your final wishes. And it's free. So if you need more information, call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and with me is Doug and also Mr. Michelangelo Na, who's been talking to us today about Luciano Pavarotti and basically all of his dark material. But anyway, um, so... How would we finish up this? I mean, I think that it's important that when we realize somebody has some really deep, dark sort of material that that are that contra- that go co- goes contrary to how they present themselves. There's, you know, it seems like lately that's been happening a lot with a lot of different uh, celebrities. There, he says, "Well, he's this way. He's wonderful, but I bet you didn't know he was like this." You know, that type of thing. So, um, I think. With astrology, we can get so much more information um, and accurate information on somebody who, who truly had a wonderful gift, but he, he did it at the effect of or in spite of what he went through as a child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the, uh, it's the overcompensation. I think I, I think I did mention this uh, when we talked, is the idea that it's a peculiarity of our world, and I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily, you know, a condemnation of it, but the the idea that fame often comes to people who are really fundamentally damaged, yes, or they're or they're 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 grasping or they're greedy or they're manipulative, right. you know. Right. You know, you to look at Pavarotti, you wouldn't think that, but you know, in his in his private affairs, I mean, we didn't really touch on his on his relationships, which were yeah, you know, right, not, not good to say the least. He basically abandoned his his daughters and his first wife to go tomcatting around the world with various people. Oh, yeah. Well. And, uh, and, again, and that, is, that, of course, is very much a temptation of celebrity, you know. Right. The, uh, but, you know, of people, you know, it seemed like many of us would, uh, would have appreciated his talent. I thought he was good, but every time I looked at him, I thought, yeah, you know, something's yeah. going on there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, is he, he seems to exemplify the very worst of the cliches of the operatic tenor. Right. I mean, uh, it, was, it was almost really retrogressive. In that, yes. In that. You know, if you looked at Domingo by comparison, and I think I did make this point, you know, who was, who was obviously educated, yeah. extremely talented musically, you know, right. to a point, you know, that he was a conductor and a, yeah. and a pianist, and he could sing in multiple languages. And, you know, he yeah. A, and he studied a, his craft. Is quite a good actor. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is the this is the paradoxical thing. Of course, there's Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. I mean, that uh, that I would often describe that as, you know, the private detective. Aspect. Right. I'm sure, you've heard that, right? So yes, I have. Despite mm-hmm. his pretension that intellectually, it's clearly uh, evident that Pavarotti studied very deeply. He 
yeah. and learn from them, you know, uh, and, and use that to inform his own consideration. Oh, sure. I mean, but he would not apply himself in a way that we might expect of a, right. a singer of the modern era. You know. I mean, there's a term called the natural psychologist, you yeah. know, which he probably was because yeah. when he met somebody and there was a little bit more to this person that met the eye, and yeah. he would probably go to the well and back to find yeah. out everything they could find about that person and to figure yeah. out what makes them tick. And really yeah. find out what their secrets are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, that, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say the Mercury, stationary Mercury and Scorpio, and the Moon. Yeah, the, you know, would all would all lend themselves to that. Yeah, kind of, I mean, he could have been a fantastic reach researcher and write books for that matter. Oh yeah, for sure. He could have done that. You yeah. know, about yeah. human psychology or or in depth psychology or shadow psychology or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, Oh, yeah, then there's that. Yeah. yeah. He'd have to go all around the world and jump on the yeah. stage and have a woman in every port. Yeah. <laughs> that, could also, that could also translate itself into... Yes, it could. Yeah. Literary uh, expansiveness. For one yeah. It, it would be... I mean, he had a, a many ways to go, I think, in this chart. He could have picked any way to go that he wanted to. and um, He picked food. And he picked food and he picked attention. Because he really yeah. wanted that yeah. with a Leo rising, you know. Yeah. Well, and it was what he was used to, being an only child, being right. surrounded by, you know, nothing but really adoring women yeah. as a child. You know, be, oh, you're so, you know, you, you survived, you're, you know, you're, you're the, the, the promise of the next generation. I mean, right. all that stuff. And then, of course, that translated itself into his audience worldwide. Right. Yeah, and he did tend to elevate women up on that pedestal, too, with a ne- Venus-Neptune. Yeah. So there would have been that too, you know, yeah, yeah. where he really idealized. And what was his relationship with his mother like? It was pretty good, wasn't it? Well, I couldn't glean too much about it, but um, but uh, again, the moon Pluto, there's usually um, oh yeah, true, yeah, there's usually a dark undercurrent. Yeah, you know, uh, Judy Hall, you know, in her her really quite masterful book, The Hades Moon, talks about it, and I've I've written a lot about the Hades Moon in the in the charts of people like Elvis Presley, who right. Really someone who never really matured authentically as a man. No, you know, he didn't. Uh, no. and, and there are so many, you know, Michael Jackson. I mean, you could yeah. go down the list of, of Moon-Pluto types. Um, yeah. And usually, again, there's a there's a quasi-incestuous aspect to the relationship yep. with the mother, and ultimately the, the, the loyalty on a psychosexual mm-hmm. tendency. Oh, yeah. It's almost over-loyal, over, you know, yeah. to yeah. be true to your mother if you... Nobody could ever even replace the mother for that yeah. person, ever. Yeah, and if you look at his, his wife, uh, if you if you saw Ron Howard's film, they interviewed his wife, Adua, and she, uh-huh. you know, she's obviously a chain smoker. She's got a gravelly voice, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, he married a, you know, yeah. he married a dragon lady. You know, yeah. wonder he wanted That's to escape. That's perfect for him, you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is usually the case. I mean, you know, we could talk about people like Houdini. We could talk about yes. you know, JFK Jr. We could talk I'm about thinking of somebody like oh. Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh-huh. I don't know about it, if he's moon Pluto. Or well, not. he was interesting, but he yeah. he had a moon Pluto square, I think. In oh, okay. Room. Well, then he's Hades. Yeah, Pluto. and uh, he 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 did some funny things in, in behind the car wheel of a car with yeah. a bunch of with a bunch of hookers dancing yeah. in front of it. Yeah, he was caught for that too. So, yeah. Well, see yeah. if that if that incestuous bond, even if it's never been you know consummated in the flesh, if that exists, then it's really 
very difficult for these. Yeah. For these again, they're not really men, right? They're little no, boys. no, they are. They're taken down pretty quickly. Unfortunately, yeah, it's very cannot, hard for them to get out of it. Yeah, so. I think the only way they can survive is to find outside uh, diversion. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, yeah. and I think Pavarotti was no exception. Yep, I agree. Well, and. It's it's been wonderful today, Michelangelo. Really well, been you. enjoyed having you on the show today. I and, so really get to talk shop. So I'm well, it's wonderful. We'll have you on again you. because we love having astrologers on that know what they're doing. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's very kind of you. <laughs> well, he was look. I mean, Pavarotti is certainly an interesting subject. Yes, and, he uh, he was, and he yeah, is. So and, I mean, even though he's gone now, but you know, we can learn more about him even though he isn't here. So yeah, no, yeah and the, his legacy. Whether it or not is tainted by his his raw ambition and his you know, right lapsed into right. exceedingly exactly you know uh, egregious behaviors as he became you know a yeah. hugely bloated superstar in every sense yeah of the word. right nevertheless the legacy particularly in his early career you know yeah is right exactly. something that I think hasn't been besmirched by his right. shortcomings you know so anyway we got to let you go for right now okay and um we'll talk soon and I'm going to have you on again. Because you're well, really good. You. Okay. The best way for people to get a hold of you? Yes. How do we get a hold of you? Uh, email is usually the best. You guys, planetaryvibrationalmedicine at gmail.com. Uh, okay. I just want to interject for the record that Michelangelo Na is my Facebook ID. Na just simply means not applicable. Oh, because you can't, <laughs> I didn't you can't know be, that. <laughs> you can't be on Facebook and not have a last name. So I thought oh, Okay. I'll just put N-A. <laughs> okay. I thought it was some sort of metaphysically, you know, like raw or well, something. Well, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know either, so that's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was lovely to talk to the two of you. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, I will certainly look forward to the next such occasion. Okay. Thank you okay. so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Eileen. Thanks, okay, Doug. you bet. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. He's good. He's fun. He's fun. He's fun. Okay, we are got to go on here. Um, we have After Dark Readings, not happening yet, but I thought I'd mention it. We have them both at Burr's Restaurant as well as the Pizza Casa. And one's on Monday and one's on Wednesday. And as soon as they come back, as soon as we can get into the restaurant again, and right now they're doing takeout. Uh, the Burr's is not, but Pizza Casa is. They're doing takeout, but we can't go in and sit down. So that's the problem. So when we get that done, we'll let everybody know when we can come back and do that. So anyway, and also we have the horoscope column, you know, every Monday it's updated. It's at 1150kknw.com. I write the subjects in the horoscope, write them every Thursday, and they go in for Monday submissions. So they are usually up by noon on Monday. So anyway, okay, did you tell them what your your stuff is? No, I was just waiting for you to get done. <laughs> go ahead. Best way to get a hold of me is 206. Okay. Seven six nine four nine two four. Text or call. Okay, and I'm EileenGrimes.com. Jupiter Rising Show at AOL.com is my email, and also you can get a hold of regular email, which is Eileen Grimes Astrology at AOL.com. Okay, next week we have on Mr. Matt Shea. He's going to be back. He seems to be back a lot, but we like to talk to him. He's got a lot of new things going on, like his new website is cool. It's really cool. So he's got a new thing, a lot of new things starting. So we'll talk to him about that. And then the following week, we're going to have on our very famous 
plane spotter from from Ireland. His name is Jared Dooley, and he's just funny, and he just cracks poor Doug up. He just can't even stop laughing. He's funny. Yeah, so anyway, uh, he's time to go because Nathan said so. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio.